0: Rose Quartz Mediumship podcast, where we really adore healing and metaphysics. I want to tell a story that is probably going to be a long one, and it might feel like a bit of a journey. But that is exactly the point of this is that it's been my journey. And so I want to start by saying that this all landed for me after spending a weekend with a couple of my mentors. And then I had the opportunity to really sit with it and reflect upon it and got the zoomed out view in meditation about the journey that brought me to that weekend. And so I just want to kind of start or preface the podcast through that lens. So I actually want to start with my older brother's birth. My older brother is um, cuddly and soft. And there's a bit of a shell or a hard exterior on him now. But it's, it's not the way he started. He started as this soft snuggly gentle baby and my mom used to wear him in a front carrier um and just walk around with him as she moved through her day and I think she called it a snuggly instead of a front carrier but from the time he was a newborn she would stick him in there and and he was so happy just being against her chest. Being held. And. When I was born. She. Put me in that same. Little front carrier. The snuggly for newborns. And I pushed back. My body thrashed. And I. Complained. As a newborn might do. And. And. I can vividly remember my mom telling me the story about a level of disappointment for her because she loved so deeply wearing my older brother in a front carrier and getting that closeness and that gentleness and that softness. And then I came into the world and I pushed hard against her, figuratively and literally. And... When I was reflecting upon the lessons that I'd learned in the weekend with my mentor, I was brought back during a meditation that I did to that story and recognized that that is literally how I came into the world. I came into the world, pushing, I came into the world. not knowing how to be held, not knowing how to surrender. And even from my birth, you know, the first few days of my human experience, I wasn't going to follow her. I wasn't going to relax and surrender. I was gonna kick and scream a bit and I was gonna thrash. And there was this kind of fierce independence that was coming out of me even in the first couple days of my life. And I used to laugh at that story. And and if I'm being 100% honest, there was a degree of feeling proud of that because that was something that I identified with. It was a a form of authenticity that came out of me. It was like, yeah, that's who I am. And it's like I was proud of that, that independence, that fierceness, that inability to follow, that inability to be held, You know, I very much identified with it. And as I moved through my human experience, um, now I can sit back and reflect. And I have been able to do this for a while, but at a very different level right now. I picked the most perfect parents for me. And I always kind of described them as bumper bowling. So if you've ever gone bumper bowling, it's, you know, designed for children, right? And there's these little bumpers that go in the gutter. So you can't actually send the ball down the gutter. If it's going to go into the gutter, these little bumpers will bump it back in where it's going to go down and hit a pin. And that is very much what it felt like to be parented by my parents. They gave me the space to thrash around, and to get so close to a gutter, only to give me a nudge back into the alley, right? But I didn't, I needed that space, you know? My soul needed that kind of space, that kind of independence, that I would have parents who made sure I was safe, but gave me the space and the freedom to be me. And it wasn't always pretty, you know, I, when I sit and reflect about what it must have been like to parent me, oof, oof, my parents are so strong, both of them. and. They understood me in a way that I couldn't understand me. They understood that I needed the space and freedom to thrash around and make mistakes. But they were never going to let me make a big enough mistake that I'd end up in a gutter. And that just must not have been easy. That must not have been an easy process for them to love me through that and support me through that. And I think about the energy that it takes to not try and break a child with that kind of independence and fierceness, but to allow them the freedom to understand the drive in them for independence and freedom while trying to mentor them and help them see that they could be held and that being held feels good. Only then to have me thrash again at independence and freedom. And that didn't stop when I was a small child. It continued. You know, there are stories from my childhood where my parents allowed me to do things and say things and show up in the world with that kind of freedom and independence and fierceness. And yet they were always these beautiful bumpers, you know. When I was in high school, there was a situation at school where I had a a shirt on that went right to the edge of my pants. So it wasn't a belly shirt, but it was as close as you could possibly get, right? If I raised my arms above my head, you were definitely going to see my belly. And I had a jacket on over that shirt. And throughout the day, as I was hot or cold, I would zip or unzip my jacket. And the assistant principal and the principal called me in and and essentially said, we think that your clothing is inappropriate and we think that you're playing with us that you are zipping and unzipping your jacket in a way that is playing with us that you're being defiant and the reality is is that I was hot or cold, (laughs) and so I was zipping or unzipping my jacket, depending upon what my body in that moment needed. And the other reality is that it was absolutely my personality to ride the line of respect and ride the line of independence in a way that may or may not have been healthy. And after that interaction, I I went home and I talked to my parents about it. And I, I believe I was a freshman in high school, but yeah, I think I was a freshman. And I had a long conversation with my parents about it. And I said I wanted to go back. And I wanted to talk to the principal and the assistant principal because I didn't like the way that the conversation went. And I think about a lot of freshmen um, wouldn't have gone back, wouldn't have asked their parents to, to go back. But I had a relationship with my parents where I trusted them and I trusted that they would be my bumpers in that they wouldn't let me go in the gutter, but they would also allow me that kind of freedom. And so they said to me, we will take you back. And we will be present with you. We will, you know, at the time, I didn't understand this, but what they were really doing was holding a ground for me so that I could learn about how to use my voice in an appropriate way. And they said to me, there is one rule to this conversation. And that is that you must be respectful. And I'm willing to bet that my parents held their breath, wondering if I could actually be respectful. And so they came with me and had a conversation with the principal and the assistant principal. And it was all me. You know, they did not step in, they did not open the door, they allowed me the freedom. To initiate the conversation, to request the meeting, to have the meeting the way that I wanted to show up, the only coaching that they did was to tell me that the one rule was that I must communicate in a way that was respectful. And so I voiced what I needed to voice to the principal and to the assistant principal. And I said that what they had said to me didn't feel fair or representative of the truth. That I was in fact listening to my body as I zipped or unzipped my jacket. And that there wasn't a dress code at the school. There wasn't. The school that I went to was a public school. And there was not a dress code. And so, as such, there was nothing for them to enforce. And even if there was a dress code, the shirt that I wore came to my pants. Came to the pant line. And they repeated their points. You know, it was essentially repeating exactly what they had said to me. And I got the opportunity to voice back my side of the story. Because with with humans, we all create stories around truths, which creates the meaning of the human experience. And so they had created a story around the way that I was showing up, physically and emotionally, right? They'd created a story where I was manipulating them with zipping and unzipping my jacket and i had a very different story that yeah i was riding the line of what was appropriate for somebody to be wearing in high school but i was listening to my body i was zipping and unzipping my jacket depending upon what my body needed And there really wasn't any sort of a resolution to that. It was simply, you know, coming to the fact that there were two very different stories there. But it was important for me to be able to express that. And then here comes the part where I got really close to the gutter. And I'm quite sure that my mom was holding her breath, thinking, please... Please don't go any further with this. So I talked about my clothing. And then I spoke about the principal's clothing. So the principal and the assistant principal were both men. And the assistant principal almost always wore some form of a dress shirt that was buttoned. And the principal always wore a dress shirt that was unbuttoned. So the top two buttons were always open. And he didn't have a shirt on underneath. So he had chest hair that was out. And I said I wanted to talk about my clothing but then I said I want to talk about yours do you think that it's appropriate for a principal of a high school to wear a shirt that is unbuttoned and has chest hair hanging out and that is the space where I ride the line of respect or lack thereof And what I was saying was true, you know, it was true for me that I thought it was inappropriate that a principal of a high school would have the thought pattern that they're there to support and promote learning of a bunch of kids and young adults, right? who are learning about boundaries. And to be wearing clothing like that, that in my opinion was inappropriate, was sending a much larger message. And as as any form of a mentor or a teacher, the way that you move through the world is just as much teaching as what is coming out of your mouth. And I said, I don't think it's appropriate for the principal of a high school to be wearing a dress shirt that they make the choice to leave the top two buttons unbuttoned and have their chest hair hanging out. And as I'm sitting here telling this story, I'm feeling into my mom, and she must have just been squirming in her skin, thinking please stop, take it there, but please don't take it any further. And I didn't, I didn't, didn't take it any further. I said that piece and I stopped. And there's a whole part of my personality that would have pushed it over, right? I would have taken it one step farther, but I made the choice not to. And that was a, a direct result of the way that my parents chose to parent me. From the time that I was born up until that point, they gave me the opportunity to play with lines, to stand on the edge of a boundary, to stand on the edge of appropriate, to stand on the edge of respect and see what it felt like. And when I took something too far, they always had the grace to teach me and to love me through it. And I didn't cross that line. And I will say that for the next probably two days, the principal came in wearing, well, actually let me back up and say, he asked me, what do you think would be appropriate for me to wear? And that was a piece that I was missing. You know, I didn't ask for reflective feedback um, about what I was wearing. I already knew what they thought. But he did, um, which was a form of teaching for sure, and, and a lesson that went over my head in that moment. But he asked me what, what would be appropriate. And I said, buttoning up your shirt and wearing a tie. And I maintain that. You know, even right now, at my age, I maintain that that would be appropriate. specifically when you are teaching other people about ways that you want them to show up with their body and with respect of their body. So for probably the next 2 days it was not long lived. <laughs> the principal came in with his shirt buttoned up and a tie. But it didn't last long. But that lesson, oh That lesson is still something that is present for me. The lesson of how to use my voice. The lesson of how to allow somebody to ride those kinds of lines and allow those to get, how do I say this? Those lessons, the lines that my parents were willing to let me ride and play with and learn about, got increasingly more intense as I aged, right? So when I was little, they would give me the freedom to do things that were physically dangerous, right? Like I would walk along a wooden fence as if it was um, a balance beam. They allowed me the freedom to get hurt. But only so hurt. And yeah, there were times where I would walk the balance beam that was the fence in our backyard. And I was probably four and a half feet off the floor. I mean, off the ground. Um, There were times that I misstepped. And I would jump off. And sometimes there was some discomfort with that. Sometimes my fall or my jump wasn't smooth, but they allowed me to make enough mistakes that I understood myself. I understood what I was capable of. I understood what it felt like to go just outside my comfort zone and what happened for me emotionally when that happened, what happened for me physically. And so they had allowed me the opportunity, from the time I was born up until that event in a freshman in high school, to experience myself pressing boundaries. Standing on the edge of lines or fences. And they did it so beautifully. I will forever be grateful that I picked them as parents and that they parented me the way that they did <laughs> so I guess I just want to say that I came into this world learning how to respect People, experiences, places, things. But I came in from a place of lack of respect, right? My mom was trying to lead me when she put me in the front carrier in the snuggly. But I wasn't going to be led like that. But she did figure out exactly how I needed to be led. And she figured out the way to love me and support me. And gosh, that could not have been easy. So, in next episode on this podcast, I want to talk about the weekend that I had with my closest mentor, and my other closest mentor. And I, I saw one of those mentors so clearly as a mentor, but I failed to see some of the other mentors in my life as a mentor. And so in the next episode, I want to talk about that humbling experience and everything that was wrapped up in it. I so appreciate you being here with us at Rose Quartz Podcast. And I hope you have-